everybody, and welcome back to the Uneasy Train Explorers Club podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Doe, and I'm sitting here over Zoom with fetish gore filmmaker Jack Mulvernity. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, your movie Split is making fucking waves right now. Everybody's talking about it. It's like, I would say everyone's describing it as like one of the most brutal, uh, like, double double features that that's out there right now and so it definitely caught my attention and it was cool because you picked up my movie um defilement of a porcelain doll and i didn't even i like i didn't make the connection and then all of a sudden you like oh yeah i make fetish gore stuff too and i was like no fucking (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's how a lot of things work out man you never know yeah it's cool that like I really feel like there's like a movement or like a renaissance right now that's happening with people who are making uh th- this kind of stuff like fetish gore stuff like it was kind of big in the 90s in in Japan but I think like starting probably with like Loose for Valentine and then you've got like L and then you've got um like the Channel 309 guys and and stuff going on in Germany and then and then we're doing our thing it's like there's a whole group of people that are that are doing this and I think maybe like 10 years down the road people are going to be talking about like this movement that's happening right now absolutely i I hope so i mean i just like doing like the most crazy outlandish thing that i can think of and i'm lucky enough to be able to do it so like i don't know i just i took like a five-year hiatus from making all films like i've been making films since i was like 14 and um when I came back, I was like, I want to do something like super fucked up, but also like really beautiful. And I, I think that that's the thing that I try to like express with my films is like this like fetish gore content, but mixed in with like an art house, like beautifully shot, beautifully, like not beautifully scored because I use like a lot of noise and experimental music, but I like this like really sad, depressing atmosphere mixed in with like fetish gore content. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have your own style and look that I really, really like a lot. Um, I kind of want to start, what got you inspired, or not inspired, but what got you first exposed and interested in, like, fetish gore kind of cinema? Oh, dude, well, you just mentioned Loose for Valentine, and it's funny, like, I grew up, it's funny, like, younger kids have, like, TikTok and all this shit, but, like, I was, like, grew up in, like, the blockbuster era of like collecting DVDs and like I went to Catholic school and like hated my life. And the second I saw like a horror section in a blockbuster, I was like, that's it. Like that is it. So I was going on like message boards and like all sorts of crazy shit, buying DVDs with like Amazon gift cards. I was buying at the store. I bought like a Serbian film in eighth grade. And then I found like slaughtered vomit dolls, like, in eighth grade too and i like bought a dvd which is like kind of fucked up to say that i was watching this movies like so young but honestly like when i saw stuff like that i was like like forget nightmare on elm street even though i love that shit i was like this is dope you know what i mean like i love abrasive music of hardcore metal noise and i felt like fetish gore content or just extreme content in general I feel like it was, like, such a fuck you to society or, like, an absolute, like, repulsion, but also some of it retains, like, really good artistic integrity. And that's what I found in, like, some of these films where people are like, oh, they're just just puking or they're just cutting themselves. They're just having sex. And it's like, 
These things can also be extremely artistic and mean more than you're just taking it at face value. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's um, a a, const, a common uh, comment I get through all the different things that I do is people will say whether uh, pornography or s extremely sexually explicit content has artistic merit. And to me, like what you and I are doing is pushing that boundary and saying, yeah, it does. Like cutting yourself, it has artistic merit. Having sex has artistic merit. And um, it's like, it's like primal cinema <laughs> almost. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, even like the art, art house directors like Gaspar No, they, they say they're influenced by like pornography. He's one of my favorite directors. And like, he has like extremely graphic sex scenes, but his music movies are like, so artistically shot they have such deep meanings and it's like if you want to take something at face value take it at face value like if you're gonna buy a dvd and then you're just gonna say this sucks because it's just people pissing or something that's fine with me but if you want like an experience and you want to like have an open mind and try to hear what i'm trying to say then like i, I that's what i appreciate about it you know what i mean people saying that like split especially i've gotten a great reception for like i've gotten messages of people saying like this movie moved me in some way even though there's like no dialogue yeah i mean it's a you're taking you're communicating you're communicating something and expressing something in a, in a unique way you know it's we, we're not following like traditional story uh narratives and films and stuff like that like split definitely tells a story um, but it's kind of abstract, you know? But, yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah, and that's what I wanted to do. Like, I, 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 sometimes I get bored of like a linear structure. And when I was thinking about getting back into filmmaking, I was like trying to like write like a story like this happens and this happens and this happens. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think at some point I'll make like a more linear and more traditional film. Definitely not like traditional, but like maybe just like more like, it would make sense to a more average viewer but I don't know it was just like I was just like rattling my mind I was like I don't feel like this energy like this like just like almost like a punk vibe of like I'm just gonna fucking do this shit I'm gonna try to like express like deep human sadness but in like the most abrasive way possible and I feel like I couldn't get that across because like, especially with low budget films, you write a script and you have acting and then the actors kind of suck. No offense to like a lot of films, but like if they're not portraying the parts as good as possible, which isn't their fault, we're not Academy Award winners. Mm -hmm. It You lose a lot of the story there, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why I have like improvised dialogue in my films is because I don't, I don't feel like I'm a strong writer in terms of dialogue. You know, I, I, I have my own voice, but I don't know how to write someone else's voice. And it's, it take all it takes is like some pretty corny lines and it can completely like derail like the, the mood and feel of your film, you know? Especially like, it's funny, I'm like, if I'm gonna do all this crazy shit for real, and then people are gonna like make fun of the acting, like, it's just gonna crush me. I'm gonna be like, God damn it, dude. Um, so I kind of want to start from like, the beginning, you said that you were making films as young as 14. What inspired you to pick up the camera and, and move in the direction that you're, you're doing now? Um, 
So I would just say like in life in general, because I, you know, was raised by, you know, a, a good family and like, I went to Catholic school, but a lot of things happened during my time in Catholic school that were like completely fucked up. And um, I liked art, I liked comic books, I liked movies, and I was just kind of like into different things. But meanwhile, at my school, like everyone was calling me a failure. Everyone said I sucked at everything. And like, people have this traditional view of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to college and then make movies and all this shit. And when I was a kid, I was like, well, fuck school. They're, they're all telling me I'm a failure. I'm never going to be amount to anything. I'm a sinner, all this shit. I'm just going to deal with myself. So I literally, when I was like maybe 10 or 11, I took my dad's camera and like a Windex spray bottle and like made fake blood out of like cranberry juice and like started like, you know, making films, like killing my brothers and stuff. My parents were like, what the fuck? So by the time I was 14, I uh, was like, I'm going to try to make a feature film. And I made a film called Creeps, Tale, Murder, Mayhem. Honestly, it's like so embarrassing to talk about now. And the worst part is like it did get picked up for distribution. And I was literally in an FYE in in, in my area, like in, the, in a big city. And I found the movie on DVD and I was like, can this just be a race from history already? Um, it's, it's, it, it's crazy. The first movie is like crazy. Cause it has like a serial killer that's mad at people because he doesn't have legs, but he also has a foot fetish and they're going around killing people because they're disabled and they're mad at privileged people. And it's just like such a weird, like long winded, like hour and 10 minute long movie made by 15 year olds with like so much like out there violence and like legs getting cut off and blood spraying all over the wall and like we destroyed my parents basement but i met some like i met a person through making that film he, he's another filmmaker johnny dickey he made a movie called slaughter tales and city of the dream demons he's kind of known in like the vhs scene mm-hmm. and so he like kind of helped me make movies and like it was cool because like I was just doing it by myself and just people I knew. And then I met this other dude in the, in this, in the area I was from that was also making horror movies. So that was like really inspiring. And uh, we actually finished the film. We sold it to fucking wild. I never got a sense like classic story. They, you know, were like, we sold hundreds of copies in the first month. And then they like blocked me and like all sorts of fucked up shit. And I was like, you know what? It 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 was cool because I was fifteen and I got to release a film and I got to see it like, you know, on the Walmart site and they sold it at Barnes and Nobles like because they have like crazy retail like fuck it we'll just put our movies on your shelves, but I think in a way like I put so much energy into it because I was like fourteen working working at a pizza shop like spending all my money making a movie. And then years later, I'm like, they they fucked me over like so bad. And it's like not even funny. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. And and like they ended up posting the film for free on YouTube. And it oh. got like 13,000 views. And I was like, wow, this is not what the contract <laughs> said at all. But I, I you know what? I'm, that's like kind of the past for me. It was like a start in like learning how to make a film. Like, I'm not going to take it like too seriously. 
but it was fun. I mean, it's got like a 4.8 out of 10. We've got like ridiculous reviews where people are like, this isn't even a fucking movie. And it's like, dude, I was 14. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to take this shit seriously, you know? But it was fun. I'm not going to lie, dude. It actually sounds pretty fucking cool. Like an amputee with no legs that has a foot fetish. It sounds hilarious. I mean. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's just, and it's so funny. Like I, I, I watched it recently and I was like, how, what was I thinking? We made a second one that we never released. Mm-hmm. Like when I was like a year later when I was 15. And it's literally about a serial killer killing homeless people. And I was like 15 and we filmed it in the city and it's like super like mean spirited. <laughs> I feel like there's like a parallel between like you're not guys thinking because I never made the movie, but I wanted to make a movie called Dank and it was going to take place in the sewer and it was going to be homeless people dying. And then oh, awesome. And then we'll get to it. But you've got Scarlet, Scarlet Piss Princess. And I was actually like in talks with Felicia like last year talking about making a movie called piss princess and so no yeah i was like i was like oh shit he jumped he jumped on the name before i did <laughs> but yeah i mean i'm glad i'm glad someone is making a movie with piss princess in the name because i really like like with my movie like barf bunny i like having it begin with the first letter twice you know yeah so yeah i was actually i'm like i'm not upset at all it's whatever but it's just like i feel like you and i have like parallel thinking in a lot of ways when it comes to this kind of that's, stuff that's kind of cool though man that's <laughs> kind of cool like you know the funny thing about that is like I, I wanted to call it we'll talk about that movie later but I, when i originally came the name it was gonna be like scarlet piss for like something crazy and and emily the actress emily was like we should just call it something else and she helped me come up with scarlet piss princess so like the movie's ridiculous already but i think the title's like grabs people but also like i'll see comments where people are like i'm gonna piss in a cup and call it a movie like this person did and i'm like shut the fuck up like i don't know like i don't care about the hate but i'm like you guys are just so like what do you want you know what i mean like yeah wolf dude fuck reddit like that that's what like, like that whole community is just like a bunch of angry teenagers oh oh i know that aren't doing anything it doesn't bother me but sometimes people's like I'm just like, come on, like, don't you have like other things to do? You know? I think they don't. Yeah, they don't. They actually don't. <laughs> they're yeah. just they're just on the internet, you know? Like they're not doing anything productive so they can get upset about dumb shit. I just I, just, I honestly just laugh about it. Like it's just like, okay. Oh, me too. There was a review <laughs> making fun for split making fun of uh one of Emily E's tattoos. And I was like, what does this have to do with the fucking movie? You know what I mean? Like, of all things, you're like, I thought she was cool. And then I saw she had this kind of tattoo. And I was like, fuck her now. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. Yeah, dude. If they're that fragile, they're going to fucking get upset over something like that. Then it's who cares? I actually really like her kitten tattoo that she has. I made a comment on that when I was watching Split. I was like, oh, that tattoo is fucking sick. So, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy um well moving to more of your more recent work uh you did a short for um talking also about like parallels um i my first like m- more recent thing i've done because i've been making movies since i was like 19 but the first thing that i really did like under the the moniker of jonathan doe was a short i did for symbolicus one and one of the first things that you did 
in more recent times was your short for Symbolicus too. So uh, we kind of had like a similar similar launching point, I think. Um, so Definitely. what can you tell us about uh, about your short that you did? Yeah, so the short is like a really experimental, like art housey short with not a linear story. It's got a lot of nudity. <laughs> um, I would say like, it's weird. Like, I feel like I was almost like psychotic at the time. Like I was like editing up this older footage that I had because I hadn't made something in a while and we shot it a while ago. And um, I'd made this like weird voiceover with like weird childhood memories. And at the end of the, if you've seen the short, the end of the clip has like my childhood photos in them. So I just wanted to be like really uncomfortable. And it's got like this pitch down voiceover talking about like rabbits getting killed in barbed wire and like, li like just depression. And like, I don't even know, like I, I watch that short. And I'm like, what the fuck was I, what, what was I thinking? Like, it's, I don't hate it or anything. But what ended up happening was Marcus Koch has been someone that supported me like since I was like a teenager. Like I've always had questions on like special effects or like stuff he was doing, and he's always like responded and like reached out for me. So I asked if I can be a part of Symbolicus because I hadn't done anything in so long, and he was like, "Yeah." So I added together the short, and it was like a good way to like dip my toes back into filmmaking, like. It, it was a good way to just have like a reason to do something also not just like start with like a blank canvas or like not know like if there's going to be a release or how it's going to do like it was a good way to just kind of like launch into something again yeah yeah definitely marcus is such a like i think blessing for our community you know like he's he's so humble and like helps people like so many people i know who are like big into effects now or into filmmaking he's had a hand in like helping people and stuff and he's like definitely a, yeah he's a good dude i i'm a good buddy <laughs> we're good buddies and same with his wife jesse we're we're really close um so from there uh you kind of launch into doll fluids and that's when uh things really amp up and you're actually making something uh larger and bigger what can you tell us about that so it's doll fluids is kind of a crazy story because i was thinking about making another film that wasn't doll fluids at the time and i was like in the worst fucking time of my life that i could not the worst it's gotten worse <laughs> at certain points but like at the time of filming that i was smoking like four bags of heroin a day which is not even fucking heroin anymore it's all fentanyl and mm. um in the span of like three months i lost 60 pounds and was staying at someone's house and i was like in a really fucked up uh, really bad time in my life so when i think of like the filming of that movie like it was crazy like i was literally you know smoking fentanyl and then being like all right we gotta film this we gotta film that and i was like because i had put so much energy into like trying to return back to films after being a drug addict for so long i was like oh i just gotta make another movie like i i just gotta get back into it but because i spent so many years getting high or all this fucked up shit happened or living in mental wards or rehabs it it was a fucked up time for a long time and it's still not like amazing 
but that that filming experience was insane because at the time i was not taking care of myself i lost like 60 pounds in three months i was completely paranoid completely psychotic and we shot dolph Lewis and literally like three days later i ended up getting put in like a psych ward after snorting some fentanyl and being like i'm gonna kill myself pass out um the girl that was in the movie i passed out in front of her and she got she helped me get help but so when i think about dolph Lewis, i'm like that was a crazy time and like people might not like get that from the movie like they might think that it's just like another you know like I don't know, like just another horror short or like some extreme thing. But when I watched the movie, I'm like, man, I lost so much weight. Like I was in like this really fucked up time. There's a cut in the movie on my finger. And I actually, before filming, like cut my finger, like the knuckle skin off my fingers with scissors. You know what I mean? Like I just cut it off and then I was bleeding so much. So there's like a scene where I'm bleeding and uh before filming i like cut cut my knuckle off like the skin off with um with scissors so i was like in such a crazy like fucked up time in my life and i actually didn't edit that movie until probably like 6 months after we filmed it you know um the person that was in it like i really cared about we don't we don't we don't really talk anymore but like she she was really good for the film and like i'm really happy that people enjoyed that film but it was a, a dark like really nightmarish time making that film so i'm happy that people liked it and i ended up uploading it on vimeo because like i didn't know that anyone would want to release it on dvd or it would have any future people would even like it but um i ended up doing it with a small company newfoundland water it's just like i don't even know if they're a thing anymore at this point but from youtube reviews people started like hearing about the name hearing that like some dude nails his dick to a chair like there's bleeding there's sex there's all this crazy shit because you, you know when reviews go up and they're like oh shit this happens and then this happens and people are like another gross movie and so it kind of like helped me build like a little bit of a platform as a start even though it was a short and it was filmed in this rough period of time and like I didn't know where I was going to go from that it was just like a way for me to like get back into filmmaking after just being a junkie for so long yeah and the reception was like really good for what it was well uh that's pretty gnarly man like uh now that you're getting you've garnered a much larger audience you have like all this momentum you're making all of these films has that helped with your mental health and your situation um i would say yes and no i mean the thing is like i got into drugs when i was like really young like 14 and it kind of escalated and then i was like straight edge for a year like all this up and down and then i discovered pills and that led me to heroin and so like it's been a long like I'll be good for a little bit and everyone be like he's back and like everything's fine and then like that thing in your brain snaps and you're like life is not worth living and you just go out and do it again honestly and so it's been good for me to have like an outlet to like tell my fucked up stories and like bring 
people with fuck up stories into making my movies and like sharing like a collective experience of like all the nightmarish things that we've experienced like we can kind of express in like an outward like fuck you to the world with these films mm-hmm. so i think it does give me like not a reason to live but it it gives me something to like look forward to not just filming but like oh this dvd is coming out or like this person reviewed my movie or it sold well like it gives me like a constant thing to like focus on and not just like get too caught up in like my own stuff with addiction it's kind of fucked up in my opinion because like first off like fentanyl and all the drugs out there are really unforgiving they do a lot of damage to your mind and body especially if you've been on them for a while like you'll never forget that feeling of 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 when you were getting high and every it seems like your mental state like shifts to like living is not worth it like you become it's almost like a parasite like you you start to like romanticize fentanyl and like whenever something's bad it's like your sweet release or your escape so even when I'm doing good for a little bit, there's like this gnawing thought of like, life is not worth it. Like, it's just not worth it. After everything that I've experienced, all the people I cared about that died, like, I get this like overwhelming, like life isn't worth it. But I think like, what, and I spent a lot of time in like rehabs and mental institutions where like, they tell you like, you have to do AA, you have to do NA, you're not going to get sober, you're going to die. Or they'll put you on like 11 different medicines or they'll and you keep going in and out and they're not helping you and i think that whole experience like really fucked me up like being institutionalized and just like honestly like breaking for a while like not not living like a person so i'm grateful for like everything that's happened now but i can't you know say that like oh i'm fixed you know what i mean like because i I think not even just with addiction, with, like, mental health. Like, it's just, like, an upward and downward battle, you know? It's not like you're just like, wow, I took my Zoloft and I feel amazing, you know what I mean? Like, I think life just comes in ebbs and flows, but it's more just, like, I'm trying to just handle things with, like, a sturdier mind. Yeah. And not just, like, go straight into self-destruction. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about anyone around me, like... I'm just going to work on killing myself. And like, I lived like that for long. And like, I did a lot of things that I was like, that I think about now. And I'm like, that was really fucked up. But I think not living in like guilt and shame and like trying to forgive yourself and knowing that like, fuck, life is fucked up. It's really unfair. And a lot of good people have a lot of fucked up, unfair things happen to them. But it doesn't mean that like, everything's meaningless. You know, I don't know if that all makes sense, but like, I think I lost a lot of hope for like living in the world and I just didn't want to see it any other way. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, uh, I can relate to that to a degree. Like I, I haven't had issues with substances, but I definitely have my own mental health issues, like pretty bad depression, uh, uh, major anxiety, like, and dealing with like suicidal ideation and stuff like that and it's kind of a it's a journey man it's like it's never it never really ends you just are caught you and it's and it's a roller coaster sometimes you're you're doing good and then sometimes it fucking drops but I do think that that's actually one of the reasons why people like you and I like gravitate towards making this kind of stuff like it's like a cathartic 
expression, you know, and making the, I don't know, life, like, like you say, like life is fucking brutal, you know? And so you can like express that in your art and, and I don't know, take the fucked up things that you have in your head and like turn it into something productive in that sense. But yeah, man, it is a, it's, it's a fucking roller coaster. And I don't know, like, it's not that, oh, I thought about killing myself uh, that year and I'll never think about it again. It's like, I think yeah. about, I think about that all the time. Like probably almost every yeah. day I think about that, yeah. you know? And it's, uh, it's just, it's not a people. It's not a moment. It's like, it's a, it's a living experience all the time. Of course. Yeah. And meds oh, and stuff yeah. help, but you know, I've tried, I've had to take, I I'm on, I'd experiment with new medications with my psychiatrist, like all the time. Oh, oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. And it's just fucking, yeah. So I think at least, at least we have like this, this art, you know, and, and it's, and that, and that's the hard thing about people like that review, they like, oh, this fucking sucks. And it's like, you don't know what, like t- hearing you talk about DAW fluids and that whole experience, like some person who was not a part of that has no idea what, what journey making that film was for you. You know, they're just kind of looking at it like, oh, there's a guy and he's nailing his dick to a board, you know, but for us, it's like, no, this is like, I'm, I'm expressing my whole fucking life right now with this art. Definitely. Definitely. And like, I can't, I can't let any of that bullshit get me down. Like, and I also have tried like hundreds of meds in my fucking psychiatrist or like off and on, like, you know, not like you know, suboxone and all that shit and, like, trying to, like, you know, just survive at the end of the day. I think the thing that sucks with uh, addiction is it is also considered, like, criminal activity <laughs> because you are, like, buying drugs and I have done some pretty thing, not great things that I'm not proud of. So, like, people look at it in, like, a way where, like, that's a junkie or, like, you know what I mean? Like, some people can be really unforgiving or like jobs I've worked have fired me with no reason that, you know, like stuff like that. And so all of it's hard, you know what I mean? But I, I, I'm grateful that I have a, a way to like express myself. Cause I feel like I haven't been heard in my life for a long time. Even when I was a kid, no one listened to me when things happened. So like having a voice now and like being able to like share my feelings, even though they're like really dark and fucked up, it's like, meaningful and then also to have the interaction of like people actually watching it and people actually like experiencing something that and you've created too like that we've created and spending a night watching your movie or like interacting with your dvd or blu-ray or like those things are like so cool to me because it's like it's kind of beyond you at that point you know what i mean like you make it and then it's like out into the world and like people can do what they will or say what they will but it's yeah, kind of like, cool seeing this immediate like feedback of like fans interaction or like movies doing well or good reviews, bad reviews. Like it's it's cool that it like lives. Yeah, it's like it becomes bigger than you. Like you make this thing and it's out there. And that's the other thing, like talking about um like suicide, suicidal ideations and stuff like that is like one of the things that keeps me going is like. I'll make it like my new movie came out right and it's getting all this attention and and it, and I'm it feels good and I tell myself like man if I had offed myself I wouldn't be doing this right now like I wouldn't be having this experience right now and that's one of the things that like motivates 
art for me is like, wow, like I made this thing. I'm so proud of it. And if I had done what I was thinking about doing a year ago, this wouldn't be happening. You know, I wouldn't be having this experience. So definitely like you, you can't write the end before it happens sometimes. Like, <laughs> and I, I trust me, like I've thought I've done some crazy shit, but like, I, I, you also have moments where you're like, at least personally myself, where I'm like, life is also like, has a lot of beauty and like the things I'm doing, like people are appreciating and there is some meaning and value and whatever the fuck happens to me, like maybe 10 years later, someone will find my movie and be like, geez, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of cool. Like it might live on or a viewer is like, what the fuck are these people doing? Vomiting on rats. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, then other people are going to be like, what is that? Like, why would he do that? But like, it's kind of sick, you know, it's like, a punch in the face to people that don't know like certain contents and have no fucking idea you know it's kind of cool yeah i like fantas i i like kind of fantasize about just some per- some like person who's like in the mainstream stumbling across one of our movies and like having us just fucking blow their fucking mind like what the hell and yeah these people did this kind of shit you know um but that moves us onto the film that you are getting lots and lots of attention for, which is Split, uh, which was something that you kind of collaborated with White Gardenia. So how did you get in connection with White Gardenia and what was kind of the uh, motivation with, with with that project? So I was just sharing around like doll foods and like trying to get people interested and I, I think I added a white gardenia on Facebook and I sent him doll food and was like, Hey, like I made this film, like you should check it out. Cause his work is just insane. Like there's nothing like it. Like it's almost like homemade videos. Like it's like very, like almost like a lo-fi aesthetic, mm-hmm. but it's like so off the wall and it, but it comes off from like a genuine place. That's why like, I love what he does. But anyway, uh, he messaged me and was like, hey, I'm trying to do this project where, like, other people collaborate on a, on a film with me. And he had other people that he was trying to ask and, like, trying to make it a longer thing, but no one else can make the movie. And I was like, I'll do it. So, like, after that, I was in contact with him for a while, like, just talking about my plan. I wanted to do this thing where, like, a couple plan their suicides and, like, I wanted to express like this love, but this deep sadness and like deep self mutilation and self destructive behavior. And this was the first movie I made with Emily, Emily E, who's like the champion of all my movies, you know, the stars from now, you know what I mean? Like she's, she was in um, Split, Scarlet Piss Princess, there's going to be a movie, Everything Decays, and then another movie that we filmed. Um, and uh yeah she was really open to like all the stuff that i had planned and she she made the masks for the films like in paper mache i was like hey can you make these like weird looking masks and she was like yeah and did it in like a night and they looked fucking amazing i had like i asked her to puke <laughs> like for the the probably the first day we filmed and like she was just like down to do it or like why don't we just cut ourselves for real or like all this stuff that we did for the film honestly she came up with the rat scene Uh and she was like she was like we should get because i was like we should do something with like something dead and she was like yeah let's get like frozen mice so we went to petco together and like bought these frozen mice and like 
she has totally gained to dissect them and like nail their heads in to a board which was like it's like kind of like a three blind mice scene like it's like a weird fucked up like i don't know i just thought it'd be crazy and like the filming was like kind of intense because like we did cut ourselves and we we're working on like there's some fake effects in it or like the rats or the vomit like but it was honestly like kind of like a beautiful like bonding experience in a way because like we our relationship hadn't been that long at the time making the movie so we were just like doing crazy shit and i think the cool thing was like i i had a feeling people were gonna like it but i didn't have like an expectation like oh i made this great you know what i mean because like I fucking hate myself like I don't I don't think I'm like the next you know what I mean I'm I'm proud of what I do but like I'm happy for any reaction and then you know it started getting a good reception online and people started really liking it but the filming was like super intimate and um intense and it smelled like puke in the basement and microwave rats but we got it done and like I'm really proud of like the reception because like it's hard to see my films from someone else's view because I did this stuff so it doesn't seem like that crazy to me and also like I shot and edited it so when people are like I love your cinematography or this thing was crazy or I really like this atmosphere it means a lot to me because like I, I had no expectation on like what someone was gonna think mm -hmm. And uh, it was cool that Rue Morgue, like, posted about it on their social media. And, like, it just started building, like, a little bit of momentum. But Split was, like, a really, really cool project to, like, work on. And, like, I'm I'm happy that I became friends with White Cardinia. And I'm happy that uh, it got made and we we did it, you know. I still have the scars on my leg from when they only cut me. I definitely feel like that that movie is very intimate. Like, you can tell that there's... It's almost like a, I don't know. I'm I, I'm kind of freaky too. So I so I've I've done shit like that in yeah. my personal life, like on an intimate level, you know. And so it felt like you were watching someone's like, some kind of like, sex ritual or connection or something like that, you know. And uh, I I think the film is really beautiful. Um, before we move over to the white guard or the white gardenia scene, um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about like your inspirations and stuff because like. Uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, GSKD, um, the, yep. the thing, but like uh, I felt like your segment in Split really reminded me of like had a similar tone of like some of the GSKD movies. Yeah, so I actually um, really enjoy the GSKD movies. Like I think they're like beautiful. I love the Blood Runner movies. Those are like fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And then like I, I see I like like extreme films or like fetish films but i also like like really well shot movies you know what i mean so it, it's kind of like a mash of influences like i also love lars von trier gaspar no david cronenberg i saw the new brandon cronenberg last night it's fucking amazing like i like like a mix of like the underground and then like directors that i feel like are like pushing the limits or doing something interesting um so it's like a mix of like art house but i also i also do like the like lo-fi like shot in your own atmosphere too you know yeah i think it was but a real no matter what i do i just want it to be super clean. say that again i just want whatever i do to look i i said 
I just want anything I do to just look super bleak and like disturbing and like I just want everything to like draw this like overall sadness that I feel about life. Like I I there's some like it goes some of my films are like go up and down, but I just want them to like show this like anti life, like hatred of life, like a lot of loneliness or mental illness. Oh another crazy thing was like the opening scene of Split, like, obviously, like, the fentanyl smoking is real. And, like, that was a crazy thing to film. Like, I just like to express, like, an authentic, dark, like, fucked up experience that people are just, like, whether they love it or they hate it, they can't deny that there was, like, some, like, passion or, like, we push something. Yeah, one thing that I really was noticing and admiring about your work which is something that I also do is like there's elements of things really happening and then there's also things that are simulated right and like I think about like the film Cannibal Holocaust for example like the animal killings are real and the the human killings are fake but they look real and it kind of and because you know that some of this was real it kind of blurs the line of like, well, where where does real where does fake end and real begin? Yeah, I think that's the same with your like your work and my work is like, okay, these people are really puking or these people are really cutting themselves, and like, at what point does it are they doing something fake and at what point are they doing something real? And it makes it, it kind of a more visceral kind of experience because you're like, I don't know where the the line is very blurry because yeah. we're and uh, that's what I liked about your work a lot i was like because a lot of it did seem real and i did think uh the drug opening drug scene i was like that that looks pretty real either you're like a good actor or, or you're actually high <laughs> no it was like real and then i was like cutting myself with exacto blades <laughs> you know what i mean like i was like whatever just a monday <laughs> um the other thing that we were talking about before we actually started recording was uh you got some heat from the the scene with the the microwave rats I was wondering what you could tell us about that whole thing. I mean, so like there's been a couple comments saying that it's animal cruelty or like desecrating animal animal bodies, mm-hmm. which like I don't fully understand because it is like snake food and we literally bought it at Petco and put it in a microwave. Mm-hmm. But I think people have this like, I think it makes people uncomfortable the real use of like animal bodies even though like everyone fucking eats meat not everyone but like so many people eat meat and i didn't really see the difference between a frozen mouse and meat i've had uh i've had distributors in other countries say that they can't legally release the film because of uh the scene with the rats they said it had some weird law dealing with like the desecration of uh an animal's body after it died which i guess other countries just have other laws which makes sense but it's just kind of a weird law to me especially because it's actually snake food and i and i have gotten the message of like people being upset at the scene or saying that like i'm trying to like be too taboo or like i shouldn't have done it or it was pushing it too far and i don't really see it like that honestly i i I like the three blind mice scene i think uh even though like I puke on mice and we cut them up, I think it's like really beautiful. And um, I can understand like why it could look abrasive or it could look like uncomfortable to see like a mouse's head get nailed to a board. 
But at the end of the day, like, I try to make sure whatever I do, like, my side of the street is clean. Like, these mice were dead. It is animal food. And, like, no matter what your feelings on it, like, I didn't go around killing animals. I didn't hurt anyone. So, like, my side of the street is clean. People are going to have, like, whatever fucking opinions they want to have. And at the end of the day, I don't give a shit. Like, the, I feel like the animal cruelty comment, especially because they're dead, just, like, makes no fucking sense at the end of the day. Like, these mice were killed in probably, like, a factory and frozen and packaged. Like, they're long past their expiration date. If anything, I immortalize them on film. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of ridiculous what people get upset about. But it also is crazy that, like, for legal reasons, people have said that they can't release the film. And, like, I just wasn't aware of that type of law. Yeah, I think certain countries have, like, weird obscenity laws, and, like, I'm sure there's a country where if anything involves an animal, even if it's already dead, it probably falls under obscenity or whatever. Yeah. But people are weird. Like, I got a lot of heat. Um, One of the very first things I ever did was I made a photo book of roadkill. I drove around, like, every time I would go to work or do anything for, like, eight months, and I saw roadkill, I would just pull over and take a picture of it. And it was, like, they were, like, they were, like, stylish, artistic photos, and I just made a photo book of roadkill that I saw. And I ran into all different kinds of animals. Like I, it was like a lot of raccoons, a lot of bunnies. But one time I f- came across a cat, like a cat got run over and people got fucking p- furious and were like mad oh. at me. Like, how, how dare you take the picture of the cat? I was like, I didn't, I didn't fucking kill it. I just was driving and it was there. And, uh, and I, and I feel the same way as you, like I immortalized this cat. Like this cat is a piece of yeah. art now in my thing and like uh i'm just documenting i was just documenting shit i saw you know if i didn't take a picture of that cat that cat would just rot away and but it's it's interesting where people's lines are especially because most people eat meat you know and like um i read i read a book on like uh on like the food industry and it said that typically like one cheeseburger has about 60 different cows inside of it in Whoa. like in one patty right yeah, it's all like mashed together yeah and it's like it's funny that people get mad that like you were you shot something with snake food or i took a picture of a cat um and then they'll, they'll point their finger at us and yell at us and then go eat a hamburger made out of 60 different cows you know that's crazy that's so funny that you say something about a cat because i have footage for a new film <laughs> that, I, that i found this cat that was like it's it's sad i like cats but it was like squashed by a car i took my camera out but its eyeball is still intact like it was out of its head on the road like separated from its body and i was like oh this is fucking crazy so whenever that comes out i hope people don't freak out because like i had nothing to do with the cat's demise but um it it looks gross and like honestly i think roadkill is beautiful i use roadkill and like a short film i made devoid I film, I film it all the time, like, even if I'm just walking around and it's not necessarily for a project, just because I think, like, animal decay, like, that's, like, real decay. It's, like, a part of existence. Like, what do you think we're going to turn into? You know what I mean? Like, even though, like, they're animals and they get hit by cars or they die of disease or if someone, a hunter killed them or something and it's all fucked up, like, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think, like return to dust is like a part of life like looking at decay and like it can symbolize a lot 
as in my opinion like how we're all just decaying beings and like at the end of the day like we are just like these organic beings that are going to return to earth at some point and i also think like animals are beautiful and like it's fucked up that i got hit by the car but what's wrong with filming it you know what i mean yeah every day yeah exactly we drive by roadkill every single day like or at least like you probably see hundreds of pieces of roadkill or dead animals when you drive yeah a year you know and most people don't stop and bear witness to it like you like most people drove by that cat and maybe went all that sad but you actually sat and had a moment with it you know and and i agree with you like i do think that there's a a beauty and a value to to death because death is just as much a part of life as birth is you know that the one the one guarantee that we have is that we're born and we die like the, those are just two things and they're 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 equal like that it, that those two things are going to happen to every living thing on this planet you know get born and die and i don't think there's anything wrong with People, people like there's um doulas, right? There's uh birth doulas and there's death doulas. There's people who who like do both both of those uh parallels, you know. Like, so I I I think a lot of people try to deny or like not think about death, but I think you and I kind of like lean into it and be like, yeah, oh, this dude, is I'm much of a too much. What? I said, I was thinking about it too much, man. But like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I totally agree with you. And it also makes people uncomfortable. I mean, it's funny. Even Emily like pushed my limits because we were walking and we found like a roadkill of a snake with its like guts hanging out. I have footage of this that people will probably see at some point. But she picked it up and its guts are just hanging out. And I have this like clip of it. It's so gnarly, but it was cool that she like wasn't scared to pick up roadkill and like. She's like, isn't it beautiful? And I'm like, it kind of is in a way, even though its guts are hanging out and it's dead, like it's on its last, you know, fragment of life before it decays into into nothing or an animal eats it, you know? Yeah, I've got a, I'm really into like collecting wet specimens and stuff. And uh, my buddy was visiting me. Uh, I won't say who it is because I don't want them. I don't know if they want to hear have their name mentioned in this story, but they were like hanging out with me and uh, visiting me for a little bit. And then all of a sudden they like, I, I slept in and they came in there like, I have a present for you. And they fucking, I opened a bag and they found like they were walking and they saw like a dead squirrel that had freshly died. And they're like, wow. and they gave me this fresh squirrel and I'm going to, I'm going to either do taxidermy with it or, or turn it into a wet specimen. But what just like uh, with the formaldehyde or whatever. Yeah, what like it's like alcohol and formalin or something. something yeah, like so that. you you fix it with formalin, you inject it with formalin, yeah. which uh, preserves it, and then you put it in um in like rubbing alcohol. You preserve. Yeah, I have, what's, I have an octopus and like a hedgehog. I actually have human bones too. Like I have a a pelvis, mm-hmm. human pelvis, and a human femur. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, I've got I have like tons of wet specimens, and I've got human ashes human teeth and i have a human skull i, I bought a human skull whoa. from the cloud which was pretty sick whoa that's crazy the <laughs> yeah. skull is like that's like the must-have like i'm like pelvis is cool i have a heel bone but like skulls are fucking crazy dude 
that that was on someone's fucking brain you know what i mean like yeah that's like a whole life yeah it's a whole person's life like yeah you wonder about who they were and and all of that kind of stuff absolutely so kind of continuing on with with split so you've got torture theater with white gardenia and i was wondering um i mean i i plan on reaching out to them at some point but uh what can you tell us about like your relationship with them and then and then your involvement or whatever with with the segment that they made i mean they made their segment on uh pretty much on their own and put it we put it together as one project Mm -hmm. daniel is like a great guy i mean he also like knows a little bit about punk and hardcore and i think he makes good music like i directed a video for him for this new mutilation theater release that he's releasing to one of his songs but yeah he's a really genuine guy like regardless of what people think about this content or like how crazy he is for cutting off his own finger or doing other things in the film like he's really fucking smart and like i've done interviews with him i've called him and he's like he's interesting because he's a christian he believes in ai reincarnation like I was watching his film after talking to him and like there's a scene that where he talks about his friend fishing going on a fishing trip and he was there or like they were just fishing at a lake and he's vegan he doesn't like eat meat he doesn't kill animals like even just for hunting or fishing or whatever but he saved the fish's head that his friend fished and like gutted and he put it in his freezer and he's like, one day they'll come up with a way to reincarnate people with AI and I'll and I'll be able to reincarnate this fish. And I'm like, there's no one that would do that that like isn't a genuine or like a great person. Like no matter how like out there he like some of the stuff he thinks or like I just think it's genuine and it's beautiful and like he just has like a certain like aesthetic that I love. Like, even if you watch his videos, like, they'll just have, like, band-aids on, or he'll write White Gardenia on, like, one of the one of the women in his films, or, like, just the outlandish stuff, or, like, there's even one part of um, Mutilation Theater, like, the old edition, um, where it's just him, like, making out with someone for, like, three minutes, and, but, like, I thought it was, like, kind of moving, or, like, kind of beautiful, like, he just does things that I think, I think he knows are, like, really artistic, and like maybe not the average person might not get it but if you're going with an open mind it's just like no one else makes movies like that you know what i mean it's it's really cool what he does and he's also like really supportive of me like he's he's involved me in multiple um multiple projects of his and like he was just like really easy to work with and and a really caring person like you know what I mean? He 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 was really easy to work with and he's really talented. So I'm grateful to have worked with him. Yeah. I mean, he's def that that his segment is definitely making a big splash too. I mean, I I actually didn't believe it. Like when people were saying, like, oh, a guy cuts his finger off, I was like, Yeah, okay. You know, because people like always hype things up too much. And then when I was watching it, I was like, Oh shit, this is for real, for real. <laughs> and uh yeah talk about making sacrifices for your art like that's definitely that's, yeah it's so, awesome dude um and that's cool to hear about like what he is what he's like as a person i plan on reaching out to him at some point and he'd love that i, I bet i know i know he likes doing interviews i did an interview with him too 
So oh, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. So um, your next film of this year is uh, Scarlet Piss Princess, which we talked about a little bit. But now we can actually like dive deeper into it. What was the inspiration behind that? And uh, what was shooting it like? Okay. So this is kind of crazy, but the week before making the film, I w- so I'm like bipolar. I suffer from like psychotic episodes and like insomnia. And um, on top of all the opioid use disorder and all that bullshit that's got going on. I don't let it get me down though, you know what I mean? But uh, I was like not sleeping. And like, I was just thinking all the time. I could not sleep. I was manic. I was like pacing around the room. Like, and I was like, I'm going to make a movie that I think of on a Friday. Just think of like no script, no preparation. And we're going to film it on a Monday and in two days. So I, it was kind of a challenge where it was like, we shot all the scenes in two days and I finished editing the whole movie in two days. So um, I just wanted to do like, I wanted it to be like a full film. I wanted it to be like super non-linear and pretty crazy, but I wanted to like really hold myself to the challenge. I don't know if it was because I was like a little psychotic at the time to two days and like no over that, but filming it was like really cool. We went to like, uh, I got some, props and stuff for it but we went to a uh, goodwill and we found I, I don't know if you remember there's like a clown statue and like an angel statue that's in the movie and then we got her heels and like we found like these uh bowls that she can piss in and it kind of just like started like coming together as i was filming it mm-hmm. and i wanted it to be like this like girl that's like haunted by her memories maybe she's done some like sex work and she's also really lonely and and she went through a breakup and no one loves her and she's going through this like self like uh degradation like she just like hates herself and like there's scenes where she writes piss princess on her stomach or like we did a real needle play so like she shoves like a bunch of needles in her breasts um there's puke there's a scene where like i don't want to spoil the whole movie but she pisses into a bowl cuts herself and then washes her cuts with her piss so like all this stuff was kind of like come up on the fly like i had like piss bowls and we knew we were gonna puke we knew we were gonna cut ourselves like or she was gonna cut herself and um we knew we were gonna go film in a cemetery so like i had these ideas but as we like started filming, like her doing some poses for some more like out there scenes or her cutting herself for like, it just started building and building onto like this pretty graphic and extreme like film. But in my opinion, I, I found the experience like pretty beautiful and like, I'm happy we got it done in two days, even though I was like totally psychotic and like could not stop editing. Um, I don't know. It's like, I wanted to make a film about someone that's like haunted by their past and the only dialogue is like this guy while she's sucking dick is like calling her a piss princess. And at the end of the movie, she's got her makeup running from puking and she's just like, I'm a piss princess. And like the things that happen in life that either happen to you or you had a part in, like you start thinking that that's who you are and like you deserve that life. And I like telling like authentic stories 
whether it's about like drug addiction, sex work, depression, mental illness, because like, I don't love going too far deep into fantasy because I think the world is like so fucked up as it is that I really just wanted to express this like deep isolation and loneliness with the film. So I think people are going to like it. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. And, and, uh, you mentioned it the the segment that made me be like oh fuck they're they're going there is when she cuts herself and then washes it with her piss i was like damn and uh yeah i was i really liked it a lot i really i mean i, I love cemeteries they're one of my favorite places to go to and uh i really liked the cemetery footage and um the sound design's crazy it's like super like all over the place um thank you that's one of the things i like about your films is is the the score for all of them is really um haunting and beautiful and sometimes fucking like crazy like super loud yeah. and noisy and um what can you tell us about like that process of making the making the sound design well so this guy chris did the um chris bougie did the started making noise music and he sent me some noise songs for this movie because i wanted to get it done in two days I usually, um, and he already made the music, but I usually get my, tw I'm a twin mm -hmm. and he's an experimental mo noise musician. So like he usually does like the soundtracks to all my movies. And I feel like there's this weird like twin tele telepathy going on where like I make this like really fucked up experimental film. Not I don't like calling them experimental, like more art house in your face like a lot of graphic sex violence a lot of disturbing like dark and bleak content and he writes like really beautiful but also like really in your face dark music mm -hmm. and i feel like it's this perfect connection it's and it's funny that we're twins between like the visual and the music especially because like i don't usually have a lot of dialogue in my films so it kind of like drives you through the story and like there's some people that have complained about the harsh noise being like this is like annoying and hurts to listen to after a while but i'm like whatever you know what i mean like i wanted these films to be like a gut punch like not comfortable to even look at or listen to you know like obviously not everyone's gonna be like oh this is this is uncomfortable because some people like noise but i want it to be like an experience you're getting through you know i like things being like unrelenting like you're just like peeling back the layers or you're kind of going through the film and it's like a continued experience. And uh, I try to have the music like match, especially when we are like doing needlework or real cutting or puke or piss or real sex, like it can get like really brutal. And I want the music to match that while maintaining like a sense of beauty, because I think like, with everything, I like seeing both sides. Like, I don't want to just make something just to be like, I don't know. I just, I, I want to show like a little bit of humanity and a little bit of beauty mixed in to this like dark fucked up world we live in. And I try to keep things like authentic. I don't want to lean too much on like hard tropes or like basic, like, you know, shit that like is more fantasy. You know, I try to want, I want to keep my stories like grounded in reality and try to make them like as authentic and dark as possible. And the music has to match that. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like with your, your portion of split, the music was more like beautiful and it was more intimate because that film was really intimate. 
and I feel like with Piss, uh, Scarlet Piss Princess, um, the music is like extremely harsh and like kind of saying like you have to kind of push through this unpleasantness. And it's uh, the, I feel I I liked the noise because it was like it was kind of like um, almost like an auditory version of like pain, like this person suffering and and it was like this this is what pain sounds like you know definitely i I appreciate that that's like exactly what i wanted to go for that's great to hear it's like un it's unbearable but that's what a fucking like panic attack feels like or being depressed yeah it's like it's unbearable yeah um so i don't want to you and i have talked about some of your future projects that are coming up I don't want to say anything that you're not comfortable announcing yet. So I'll let you kind of take the lead on that. What are, what's, what's the future for your upcoming projects? So I finished a film that I teased some pictures on called everything decays. Did you get a chance to check it out or? Yeah. I did. I didn't get to sit and watch the whole thing, but I, I like oh, okay. through it. So I do. Yeah, I, what I, I, yeah Cause I knew we weren't going to go into depth about it yet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, yeah, so basically that's a film about a um a stripper sex worker and um there's a there's someone that's obsessed with her that kidnaps and tortures her and I wanted to show like an intimate torture movie but I didn't want it to just be like the run of the mill like oh fuck this woman in the base like I wanted I wanted to try to make it like really raw and all most of the torture except for one scene is all real like real cutting clothes pins tasing we did a real taser um real whipping real cutting like real slapping i don't want to spoil the whole thing but like it was a pretty intense project to shoot because we weren't using a lot of special effects and i wanted the film to be really violent and really graphic because i've you know I don't want to like out anyone for what they do, but like I've been around a lot of people that have done sex work and they've experienced a lot of cruel things happen to them, whether they're dancing at clubs or other types of sex work. So like, I didn't want the film to this film feel like a fantasy movie of like a serial killer just being like, I'm killing a girl. You know what I mean? Like I wanted it to be like, re- and there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I wanted it to be like really brutal and in your face. Like they do get tortured and traumatized and like not everyone and some people that do that kind of work have great experiences but like there's a fucked up dark world out there that will be unfair and is unforgiving Mm -hmm. and uh a lot of it is also about like the trauma that lives on inside someone that goes through those things um like deep lasting scars and um I don't know. There's a little bit of nihilism in the movie. It is called Everything Decays. And like, because it's about someone taking advantage of another person and like using them for their carnal desires, it can seem like a very hopeless film. But um, I just feel like because we did everything real and it's really raw, it it's just like, I don't know how to describe it. Like it, it was just an intense spirit experience filming, and everyone that's seen the films, the film has said that like this is a really intense film, and that'll be out. Uh, I can't announce like where it's coming out yet, but that'll be out this year too. Awesome, dude. 
Yeah, I mean, I I really have been wanting to kind of go in that direction too. Like I think doing something legit, especially because there's a lot of um, people now that like w- w- that I'm aware of in the porn industry who are doing like real like impact play, real yeah. hit and stuff. And like, I, I'm glad that someone's doing something like that because I think, yeah, watching, watching, especially like a girl get legit beat up <laughs> is, is a vis, vi, a viscerally unpleasant experience. Like definitely you no, know, like this is, this isn't fake. This is for real. So yeah. Um, and it's cool to see you pushing the boundary and just like go pushing your art as far as you can go, you know? So that's really yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, man. Um, so for everyone who's like listening to you right now, like just to kind of wrap things up, um, for people who want to follow you on social media, check out your stuff. Where can, where can they find you? Okay. I'm going to pull up. <laughs> I, I I know what it is. So my you can follow me at ensuring your body to health and then i have a uh another instagram account that is just for film stuff and it's ensuring your body to health films and there you can find out like where the dvds will be out some like exclusive photos that are like behind the scenes or other crazy shit that i post um that being said like i have you know scarlet piss princess and everything decays will both be out this year um and yeah just like thanks everyone for the support uh scarlet piss princess has been announced and is coming out through gordrum so it's like a part of their new abomination collection i don't i don't know what that is but whatever i I hope that people like it. it they seem cool you know hell yeah man well i appreciate you taking the time for us to talk and um yeah i i think uh I'll hit you up later because I got some ideas that we can do together. So it'll be pretty Yeah, cool. I would love that, honestly. Like, I'm so game. Hell yeah. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Uneasy Train Explorers Club podcast. This podcast is the product of Putrid Productions, which also produces my YouTube channels, Cinema's Underbelly, where I analyze and review extreme underground cinema, as well as my channel Murderbilia Show and Tell, where I share pieces of true crime relics from my personal collection and tell the stories behind them. Additionally, Putrid Productions also has its own distribution label, Vile Video Productions, where I release my films as well as the movies of other filmmakers within the extreme horror underground. So if you want to keep the putrefication going, make sure to check out these other endeavors, as well as keeping a lookout for upcoming podcast episodes. Till next time. I'm Jonathan Doe, and this is the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club podcast.